It is the sports mashup program, the first edition of the second uh, tenure of it. And I'm notoriously, you know, not great at intro. So we just kind of smoothly transition into the first topic. But I'll ask you the first question, which is, uh, how's it going? Good, good, good. You got a Titleist hat on, golf. You seems like you're representing Nike. I'm representing Under Armour for this program tonight. Uh, I think I'm going to wear more sports-oriented gear for the next future episodes. Like, may I wear a Cardinal shirt on opening day or a Packers shirt during free agency and stuff. We don't need to get into NFL and our teams because the whole NFC Championship thing, we won't talk about it yet. But, um, you know, <laughs> we're going to cover a lot of sports topics on this. It's mainly, you know, headline talk, uh, you know, some opinion pieces, of course, you know, giving opinions on certain items. And, uh, you know, I did just see now, I'm because we're recording this, it's not live, but it is Wednesday night on the uh, the 10th of March. DePaul just beat Providence in the Big East Tournament, which is very surprising. We won't go too in-depth to that because this is not a, you know, one-sport show. We're not going to spend a ton of time on DePaul Providence because I don't think people that are not in those areas really care at all. So we're not going to go into that. But let's start in the NBA, which I think a lot of people care about, some more than others. I don't think that we are that locked into the NBA every night, but you know the scope of the league and everything. We'll start with the we'll start with the All-Star stuff first, then we'll get to the Brooklyn Nets stuff. But um so the All-Star game happened. Did you watch it? Did not. See, I had it on in the background, but I don't really pay attention. You know, I just uh it's just it's a three-point shooting contest, no defense, which is fine. It's for fun. Nobody cares at this point. Uh, three-point contest is good. Steph Curry won that. Uh, like I, usually, I usually like the three-point contest, the dunk contest, and like the celebrity game. And yeah. uh, what's the other? The, like the skills competition? Yeah. I usually like that, but I don't like watching the game. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way. And they did it all in one day this year, so that was uh, you know a little bit of a different – Different deal. Um, Steph Curry winning the three-point contest is not surprising. Uh, I think it's Conley safe to say competition. he did. Yeah, I mean, you could also make the argument that Steph was kind of toying with him. Kind of. Know? And uh, I think it's safe to say Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time at this point. And it's not because of the three-point contest. It's because when the three-point record was in the mid-200s, he had 402. So, you know, that's kind of the debate there. But let's go to more important things, which is past the All-Star break, which is the the Brooklyn Nets have been the story of the season. Who would have thought the Brooklyn Nets would be worth talking about ever? I mean, I can't (laughs) believe it. I mean, this is the first time people have even cared or known that they existed since Jason Kidd was there. Yeah, because so, what they signed KD two years ago. Well, they signed him in the summer of 2019 with Kyrie. Kyrie played, but missed a lot of time last season. KD didn't play at all because of that Achilles that he had in the Warriors Raptors final. But uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, they they are a franchise that completely got obliterated by Billy King when he was the GM there. When he sent a ton of draft picks for a, uh, I want to be nice, a washed up Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. And that deal was terrible. And somehow, some way, they brought it back. And they didn't do it the way where it was just adding superstars. They had a good core there before. Like, they yeah. made the postseason with Spencer Dinwiddie there and with Karis LeVert there, with Jared Allen there. Then they bring in the superstars, and now it's all blown up. They trade LeVert to Indiana. They trade uh, Jared Allen to uh, Cleveland. And really, the only guy that's left there that was there the whole time was Joe Harris, who, by the way, since we'll segue this, uh, won the three-point contest two years ago. So... That's a fun little uh, nugget for you. But they signed Blake Griffin uh, to, a, I think it was a minimum deal, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think Blake Griffin's not good anymore. I think that's kind of my take on it. No, and you, you, you reconnect Lob City, but you know they're not 
as lob city as they once were. Yeah, they're not. And, uh, you know, get Chris Paul there. You got all of them back, but Chris Paul is, you know, anchoring my team uh, to an NBA championship, which will happen. We'll be talking about that in a couple months. The Phoenix Suns first title in the history of the franchise is coming, but uh, yes, Brooklyn Nets team is weird because we'll, we'll tie it into KD now. KD getting uh, more imaging on his injured hamstring. He's just had so many problems with injuries and you can make the argument he was number one guy on this team when they're all healthy. I know James Harden's great. I know Kyrie's great. But I would take KD over any of them at full strength, no doubt. No, and if you have all five of these guys, Steve Nash then has to play kingmaker of which lineup he puts out in the rotation game. Yeah, this is a little bit of a – like people will probably look at this and say, wow, what an easy first job for Steve Nash, who, by the way – I don't want to sound biased, but he's my favorite basketball player of all time. He's the reason that I got into being a Suns fan, which has been torturous for the most part. But, um, you know, it is tough with those rotations. Like Steve Kerr uh, had a team in Golden State that was pretty easy going, and they had really good chemistry, and they actually played defense. Like that's the thing I'm a little bit worried about with this Nets team. I know they're getting better at it, but they're bad defensively. Like they cannot win a title by giving up 150 points unless the NBA is just going to go full-on no defense, which I think it might be heading that way anyway. And the All-Star game might have been a precursor to like a four-point shot that might happen in the future. Because yeah, what what John, Giannis do, 16-16 and 3-3 three yeah. three from three? Yeah, then you had Steph Curry and Damian Little just pulling it from half court like a regular shot and making it. So I think we're going that way anyway, which I love three-point shooting and watching offense. But in the playoffs, defense is usually a thing that actually happens in the NBA, but I'm afraid we're not going to see it for that much longer after this year. And I don't know. The NBA is just one of those leagues, and it's the only league at this point now where it's like there's so many teams in this league that you just know have no chance of winning a championship. And I feel like that's not the same way in other leagues. Like in baseball, yeah, the Dodgers and the and the Yankees are great and they're the cream of the crop teams. But you could see a team like the Mets or, I mean, the Nationals winning a couple of years ago. You could see teams like that winning. And then in the NFL, the Bucks winning this year, uh, which I don't want to, you know, talk too much about at this moment. Uh, but we'll cover the NFL here momentarily. But the NBA is that league where nobody – there's so – like you could – there's probably 25 teams that you you can just easily say they have no chance of winning a title. Yeah. And it sucks. I, I wish it wasn't that way, but that's the way that it is. And, you know, it's working for them, I guess. They're probably the second most popular sport in this country at this point. So good for them. And here's a guy that I wanted in Phoenix a couple of years ago. I remember campaigning for LaMarcus Aldridge to Phoenix. I was all over that. I wanted him there. The Spurs ended up getting him, gave him a huge contract. And they are apparently engaged on trading him. And he's not even with the team right now. I don't know who would deal for him, but he's not very good anymore. He's like 35 years old. Yeah. Long time trailblazer. Yeah. And he was a part of that original core in Portland when Lillard and McCollum were early on into their careers and then he left. Yeah, I don't know why he's not with the team or why all of a sudden they don't want him. But And no one knows where he went, where he's going. That's kind of how it is with Andre Drummond in Cleveland right now. I know that he hasn't been playing because they want to trade him. Um, that's kind of how it is in the NBA. If you want to get traded, you usually get your way. And that's what happened with James Harden. James Harden, as stupid as it was, and a lot of people probably criticized him, that was one of the most legendary things we've ever seen. Like the fact that he made himself look fatter during warmups <laughs> to get traded is amazing to me. And it worked. And he literally said – 
during a press conference after a game, I don't think it's going to work out here. Thanks. And then he leaves. And then he gets traded. And it works out for him because now he's on a team that's going to make the playoffs. The Rockets suck. They've given him point guards for years. Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul. Who's the other one? Who's the one there now? John Wall. It just hasn't worked. You yeah. know? And 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 it, 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 he got his way. It happens for everybody. Kyrie got his way when he wanted out of Cleveland. He goes to Boston. That didn't work. Then he signs with Brooklyn. That's the NBA for you. That's just what it is. It's fun to cover because it's like a crazy league and the amount of movement there is during free agency and the trade deadline is always insane. But I'm a little bit worried about the direction it's going in. And I don't know how I turned a LaMarcus Aldridge story into all this, but we'll move on to the National Football League, which is the number one sport. It is the king of the country when it comes to sport. And I love talking about quarterbacks. So how about Sam Darnold? Yeah. Is are he just going to trade him? Are they holding this like king card that says – Hey, if you want Sam Darnold, give us some draft picks. I mean, I, I, I have to think they're going to trade him. I mean, they've already ruined him. Like, you, you got to think that the Jets ruined him, right? I mean, they did. Yeah, but are they, is he worth that much to give up these high draft picks for him? I think I'd give up a second if I'm a team that needs a quarterback. Yeah, I don't know if I'd give up a first unless it's a late first, like, like who. New England is a mid-first. I don't know if they trade for him. The Bears are a mid-first. Uh, the problem for him is he needs to go into a situation that's already good. Like, like San Francisco makes a ton of sense for him if they get rid of Garoppolo, which we'll cover in a minute, but that would make sense, right? I mean, the, the Niners went healthy are one of the best teams in the league. He's been in a situation with the Jets that's just been horrendous. He's had two head coaches, two offensive systems. They ruined him. I mean, there's no other way around it. Yeah. What if he goes to the Washington football team? I mean, they cut Alex Smith out of nowhere. That's a better situation than the Jets. I mean, definitely. I mean, the good the only thing the Jets have going for them right now is the hope of a new coach that everyone likes and agreed with that hire, a new offensive system, and the guy whose brother has done well in Green Bay. Um, and then you have a ton of draft picks and a ton of cap room. That's what the Jets have going for them. You look at a team like Washington, they have, in my estimation, a top 12 coach in the league. I think Ron Rivera is an excellent coach. Um, They have – I think they have draft picks, right? They have Chase Young. They have one of the best defensive fronts in the league. But he's got to go to a ready-made situation or a situation that's at least ready to compete. Yeah. Would he be the type of guy that sits behind Tom Brady in Tampa for a couple years? I doubt it because he's already like 23, which isn't that old, but maybe he needs to go sit behind somebody. Yeah. I don't know if that's the guy to sit behind for a year. It's probably going to be a draft guy because I'm pretty sure Brady's going to play at least three more years. I mean, if you sit behind anybody, I guess you would send him to like Detroit or L.A. to either sit behind Stafford or golf. What about New Orleans? Have him and Jameis battle it out for the QB spot there. That'd be pretty fun. But then what do you do with – what's his name? Taysom Hill. Yeah. Then you're going to have four quarterbacks on the roster? Keep ruining your quarterbacks by using them as gadgets. So getting – let's – like what they did last year and the year before that. Let's take Breeze out. Breeze just completes a 25-yard pass. Let's take him out and put in Taysom Hill. That'll be fun. And then Taysom Hill would fumble it. Nine times out of ten, not really, but over exaggerate for the for the story. But I don't know what's going to happen with Darnold. I think I don't. I, if I'm the Jets, I think I might keep him. They have so many draft picks. 
Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that card that they think they're holding is that big of a value that they think. I think it just depends on who they trade with. Like, I think there's teams that are willing to give up a late first for him. I think there's teams willing to give up a second for him. Like, I guess Denver could. I mean, they're in a cluster of yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah, Denver, really, since Elway, Denver's really struggled with quarterbacks. They had Peyton Manning there for a couple of years. They got a Super Bowl, but it hasn't been good. I know Elway kind of gave himself a promotion so someone else could become the GM, so he's he's basically not making the decisions anymore. Pretty baller move by him, but um, – I don't know. I don't know if a situation for Darnold where a defensive coach with an offensive guru might work for him. I know Todd Bowles is a defensive coach, and he was the head coach when, when Darnold was there. But you look at Denver and you look at the Jets, those are both defensive-minded head coaches with younger coordinators. So I don't know. I think if I'm the Jets, I'd probably keep them. Because you look at their draft capital. What do they have, six first-round picks next year or five first-round picks or something? So Yeah, something like that. They're at number two this year, and then they have another one wherever Seattle was. It's like 21 or something. If I'm them, I'm drafting playmakers. Like, if you want to be fun and you want people to care about your team, why don't you draft Devontae Smith at number two and Najee Harris at 21? Let's have some fun. I would say you, you either got to get a either a – deep threat receiver or a skill receiver or the best running back on the board. Yeah. And, and another thing is like you have a defensive coach in Robert Sala who kept the Niners in the top 10 last year defensively with a thousand injuries. Nick Bosa was out. You had pretty much their entire offensive line was out. Richard Sherman, I don't think played every game. Why not bring Richard Sherman into this Jets team? They have a cap well, space. And, uh, what is it? Kittle only played like five games. They half their off their wide receiver core was out every week. Garoppolo missed how many weeks? Yeah. So I mean, every team they played was looking at a backup quarterback pretty much every week and a whittled down receiving core. That's the brilliance of Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala. They did an excellent job there, and there's no doubt about it. And um I mean, this Robert Sala is doing more with less. That's what he does. So you don't need to have – I mean, it'd be nice probably for the Jets to take one of those defensive guys or maybe an offensive lineman. Like, do you, if you're the Jets, do you take Panay Sewell, who's likely the number one offensive tackle in this class out of Oregon, who's an athlete, who might be a guard right away? I don't know how that's going to go. Even though he's a tackle, he could be a guard due to his – you know, pure athleticism, you probably want him on the outside. But uh, do they take him and have Makai Becton and Panay Sewell and left tackle and right tackle? That'll help Darnold. So, I don't know. I don't know, because who's – I mean, who's their running backs right now? Their running backs are Frank Gore's corpse, right? He's there. P. Ryan. He's gone, but they have uh, LaMichael P. Ryan. Yeah, the other one. I remember Samaji in college, but LaMichael P. Ryan. They have Ty Johnson, I know, is there. It's it's brutal running back. But then again, like, I've never really been an advocate for taking a running back in the first round, unless it's a stud. Najee Harris is the only guy I would take in the first round of this draft of running backs. I think tra- Travis Etienne uh, out of Clemson is good, but Najee Harris is that guy. I mean, you watch him in the national championship. You watch him all season. Just an absurdly good running back. And uh, I don't know. I do the Jets split it, go one offense, one defense, take a little Panay Sewell, or you take Najee Harris late first, second uh, overall pick. You go with a defensive guy. But I don't really think this class defensively is good enough to where you take a guy at two. Yeah. Mm. I haven't seen the mock drafts recently. 
Maybe maybe we'll get one of my NFL guys on during draft season and talk to them about what they think. I'm going to look at one just for fun, just to kind of see what they have the Jets doing. Okay, it's Zach Wilson. I've been seeing that a lot lately, the Jets taking Zach Wilson at two. And I'm just going to say it. Zach Wilson is going to be a stud in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. He's a lot closer to Trevor Lawrence than you think. You got any thoughts on that That opinion by me? Pretty big one. That the BYU quarterback? Yeah. I have just seen a little, I've always seen a little tape on him. He is like, he's like Patrick Mahomes like, not as good, not as athletic probably, but he reminds me of that improvising type quarterback that can make just about every throw all the arm angles, kind of like Matthew Stafford a little bit, but he's, he's obviously more athletic than Stafford. And he probably have that arm, that baseball uh, arm. I don't think he has as good of an arm as Stafford, but he's got a really good arm. So he's kind of like Kyler Murray. Yeah, he's bigger too. I mean, he's he's like well, six three. Taller, but like Kyler Murray still doesn't have that much of a baseball arm compared to Mahomes. Yeah. Um, so they have the Jets. They do have the Jets taking Zach Wilson and Najee Harris. That's a good draft. I mean. Do you want to throw Wilson into the fire? I guess you kind of have to, unless you want to have Joe Flacco back for another year. That'd be fun. Let's watch Flacco lighting up the Patriots on Monday Night Football just so the Jets could blow it at the end. But doing that, it's just saying you're getting rid of Darnold or you're benching him. He's going to be gone if they get Wilson, definitely. I would think so. You, that'd be even more of a disaster if they kept Darnold with Wilson. There. That would be so stupid. Or you're Darnold. sitting Wilson. Yeah. But – uh We'll move on here. I think, you know, we're not New York-based, so we just spent 10 minutes in the Jets. Nothing wrong with that. That's an important <laughs> subject. Uh, the Washington football team cutting Alex Smith. Not really that surprising, uh, just because I think if they don't draft a quarterback in the first round, they're probably just going to go Taylor Heineke, right? I mean, he's a cheap guy. Uh, he's athletic. He can run. Clearly, he did in the game that he played. But Alex Smith doesn't – I don't really think he has much left in the tank. I really don't. No, it just surprised me, though. He started – at least half their games. He says a huge contract. That's the problem. And you couldn't have reworked that? You just cut they, him? They still could. I mean, they could still re-sign him to a cheaper deal if he can't find it anywhere else. I hope he goes to the Bears because, you know, he's not good anymore. What if he just goes to Denver? Wouldn't the altitude affect his leg in some way? I mean, he could. There's always something weird going on in Denver. I mean, with uh, them getting uh, uh, what's his name back? Defensive end linebacker uh, for the Broncos. Von Miller. Yeah, they're getting Von Miller back. Is he going to be there? I heard they might cut him. Oh, yeah, they're just going to cut Von Miller. I mean, they might. His contract is huge. He's like 33, and they're not going anywhere. It would probably be the best if they cut him or trade him. His contract is so big, though. I mean, that's what the salary gap's going to do. There's going to be some surprising guys cut. I mean, J.J. Watt got cut, which I guess we expected. but I mean, He kind of asked for that. Yeah, and then he's like, let me go win a Super Bowl in Arizona. Yeah, that's not going to happen. There's a 0% chance the Cardinals win a Super Bowl because their coach sucks, their quarterback's overrated. DeAndre Hopkins is stuck there now, but he's making a lot of money. Uh, their defense is, I guess, fine. They let Hassan Reddick go to free agency. I guess they already have Chandler Jones. And J.J. Watts washed up, if we're being honest. 
I did want them in Green Bay, but for cheap money. And that wasn't happening. The Packers were like, we'll give you one year, two million. If you do, if you take it or leave it. And then he left it, and I'm okay with that. Who was it? He didn't he turn down a 15 mil a year offer from somewhere else. I mean, that's the rumor, but who knows at this point. I'm glad he's trying to win a Super Bowl, right? He's really doing his best going to Arizona because I'm sure they're going to even – will they even make the playoffs? I feel like them making the playoffs all hinders on whether the Seahawks get rid of Russell Wilson or not. That or what Niners show up. The Niners are going to win that division. I mean, I'm already set on that. I don't care. They're not going to have a, a second year in a row with injuries like this. They're better than the Rams. Well, they then, can, then it depends on how Matt Stafford and the Rams mesh. They'll be fine. They'll be like a 10-6 and six wild card team. If they can have me a quarterback in San Francisco, we make the playoffs. That's how good that team is. And that's how good their coaching is, too. I have some of the Rams. Yeah, but I'm going off to the I'm going off the point that I think the Niners are gonna win that. And I'm already set on that in March before free agency because I could be the quarterback and we would win the division. Yeah, but then I'm saying the Rams could then get a wild card spot. Yeah, the Rams will probably make the playoffs. Will the Seahawks do anything? Will the Cardinals do anything? We can see I think there's gonna be a year in the near future where a division gets all all four teams in. I think it might be this division. Um three wild cards. That's what that's what it is, right? I don't know. Yeah, it is. I don't know if this is the year. It's seven playoff teams, three wild cards, four division winners. I mean, it's going to be close at some point. Or a, a division is going to get three, which I think they did. They get three? No, they didn't. They got two. I don't know. Uh, let's go now to. We'll just talk about Jimmy G real quick before we talk about Godwin. We'll talk about Dak in a minute. Uh, Jimmy G. There's rumors he's going to go back to Patriots, but what I heard from my people, which is Adam Schefter on Twitter that the Niners, are they even, like, set, like, they, do they even want to trade him? Because I know Kyle Shanahan said they wanted to keep him at the end of the, he said that at the end of the season, which things change, obviously, but what do you think? I mean, end of the season now, it's a long time. It's been a couple months, yeah. I, that's a lot of time for Belichick to think and be like, hey, this guy knows my system. This guy, knows, this guy knows what goes around here. I don't know if you remember, but Belichick wanted to keep Garoppolo and wanted to trade Brady. That's yeah. what happened like three years ago there before they traded him to San Francisco. So Bill clearly likes Garoppolo. And uh, would Garoppolo be a better quarterback if he stayed in New England the whole time? Probably. I mean, even though he's getting as good a coaching as you can get uh, – with Shanahan, but I feel like he had, he was so, you know, in line with the system in New England because he was there for so long. Maybe he'd be better. I don't know. But well, yeah, what's the value those, of him at this point? Well, that some of those options may have stayed, like Gronk may not have retired. Yeah. Some of those other receivers may have stuck around. I just don't know what his value is at this point. He can't be that high. No, it depends on how riddled his body is. I mean, he gets injured every year now. Isn't his contract pretty big, too? I think it's not terribly high, but it's not like a penny. My microphone keeps turning for no reason, so got that going on. That's good radio is basically what this is. This is We're in the business. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much faith I want to put into that headline. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I always kind of figured they keep them, even though I think there's a lot of good options out there for them. Like, I think Darnold would probably be better there, I think. Um, 
maybe drafting a guy. I mean, they already have everything they could want at every position at this point. They really do. I mean, the secondary is definitely a question. But for my money, they have a top five rush uh, pass rusher in the league with Bosa. They have a top five, you know, middle linebacker, which Super Bowl winning teams have that anchoring middle linebacker. Look at the Bucks. Devin White, Levante David. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. And Fred Warner's a stud there in San Francisco. But what if, what if they just make a three-team trade? Darnold to the Bears. Jimmy G to the Patriots. And then Cam Newton goes to the Niners. Isn't Cam Newton a free agent? I think he signed a one-year deal there for like $4 million. He's also done, so I wouldn't want that if I'm the Niners. Oh, well, I wouldn't either. How it'd about be, the? It'd be fun to see him in Chicago, though. See how violent the Bears fans get. How about the Bears give up three first-round picks for Sam Darnold? <laughs> I would take that in a heartbeat. If I'm Ryan Pace and I'm trying to save my job, and this is definitely, it's totally not me saying this is a Packer fan, I would love for you to give up three first-round picks for Sam Darnold. Please do it. He's so good. Did you see him at USC? Extremely good quarterback. I like how people are really wanting him to give up like two first-round picks to get Deshaun Watson, who they passed on. They, I think Bears fans would do a lot of things to get a quarterback that isn't, I think would take, I think the sense that I get, is that they might want to keep Trubisky if the options are Alex Smith and Cam Newton. And Deshaun Watson is not – he's – is he? I don't even know if he's going to get traded. I mean, I really don't. I know that he wants out. He's not, you know, backing down. But the Texans clearly don't want to move him. Nobody said he's not going to play. So stupid. I mean, these situations are so annoying. It's just like, yeah, it's a bad situation – and you should probably want to get traded, but you just signed a huge contract there. So, like, yeah, they screwed you by giving up Hopkins and for nothing. I mean, that trade was horrendous, one of the worst trades I've ever seen. And the funny thing about that trade is everybody knew it was terrible right away. Like, yeah. David Johnson is no good anymore. Why would you even want him? Bill O'Brien is an idiot. I know that he's he's at Alabama now being the OC, so he'll be back in the NFL head coaching in a few years before you know it. And I know that he got rattled by fans when he was walking out in the tunnel when fan was saying, you suck, and then he was yelling back at him. What a loser. I mean, you just can't trust guys with ass chins, and that's what Bill O'Brien has. So, <laughs> you know, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Uh, let's go to Dak. Dak Prescott gets paid. This contract is huge. Big and money. I think it's kind of Jerry Jones. I saw Schefter tweeted this from a source, an NFL exec. Jerry Jones tipping off a new – TV deal for the NFL. So is the NFL going to get a new TV deal, help the cap space out a little bit? Reigns to be seen. I know this contract is structured where the Cowboys can be helped out by the cap in the first couple of years, I think, because of the signing bonus, which is $66 million. So he's literally going to make he could he could make he's going to make 70 million this year. He could make 75 total. So yeah. That's what we've talked about. Is he going to be able to be the week one starter? I haven't heard otherwise, and I feel like that would be talked about more if he wasn't going to be that. Like with that severe multiple breaks in the leg, that's a lot of surgery, a lot of rehab. It is, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be – Like, yeah, I know Alex Smith was like the same, but he had 
you know, infections. So he had to go for extra surgeries and do double the work. But I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think that he is uh, – I'm assuming he's going to be there, right? I mean, he has to be. You don't think give them much money. Yeah, so if you're, you're giving them this much money, you're expecting to be there week one. I think he will be. The Cowboys are going to be better. The thing they have going for them is that that division sucks. What a horrible division. They would have they would have cruised to the division title if he would have been healthy last year. I mean, that division is a joke. Now I think the Giants are getting better. The Washington football team was probably a – that was probably a one-time deal, for being honest. I don't really see that ever happening again. No, I mean, the Giants did what they did without Saquon. Well, Saquon's overrated, but he is good. Definitely. He makes an impact. I mean, their offensive line is atrocious. So when you have no running game because your star back's gone, kind of changes the game. It does. Plus, they have no receiver weapons. That's why they should take Jalen Waddle in the first round at their – in their pick and uh, book it because that's going to happen. They're going to get Waddle in the first round. No, who, do, who do they even have? Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and Golden Tate. Golden Tate's going to not going to return. There's no way. No, I'm saying who? Like who did they have? That was their yeah. like three. I think Sterling Shepard was hurt for a little bit, but he played. Evan Ingram is basically a receiver listed as a tight end. By the way, shouldn't have been in the Pro Bowl. The fact that he made the Pro Bowl over Big Bob Tunyon is a joke. I mean, what an embarrassment the Pro Bowl continues to be. Probably the stupidest event in the entirety of sports. Uh, so, yeah, uh, so that's that's a real thing. I was about to go really far with it, but I decided not to. I didn't want to get us canceled after the first episode. Um, so what was I saying? Uh, yeah, and then they had uh, – what's his face? Late-round guy, good fantasy receiver. What's his name? Damn it. Uh, what's that dude's name? I lost it. I'm going to have to look it up now. Dang it. Giants wide receivers. Here we go. I get this here. One sec. Uh, Darius Slayton. That's what I was thinking of. He's been pretty good there. They have uh, Dante Pettis, too, who they got off waivers from the Niners. Nice little uh, receiver. Might do something soon. Let's play some tag, though. Franchise tags. You know, a lot of people are into franchise tags, and it's this whole big thing. Uh, so you had, uh, what, what was that, nine players franchise tag? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Big one, Chris Godwin. You're a Bucks fan. What do you think about that? I'm glad you get him signed. Run it back. Yeah, but now you you have Levante David and Sue to worry about. I mean, Sue wants more money than, like, $6 million, I would walk away. Also, I just saw uh, the Bucks. Di- I missed this yesterday, too. The Bucks did bring back Levante David two years, $25 million yesterday. I don't know how I missed that, but that just so, happened. So yeah. now you have Sue and Gold- William Golston. You got to decide which one of them you're bringing back. Yeah. Um, who do you want back? Probably the cheaper one, right? Yeah, which would probably be Golston, but he didn't do very much at all last year. I mean, you gotta, but they, and they still have to resign OJ Howard. I but mean, they they resigned they, they resigned Taylor Hudson, a guy who didn't even play a snap last year. Do you want to bring back OJ Howard? Yeah, you got slow ass Gronk there. He's good enough. Red zone threat. I'm not a fan. Of yeah, I'm not a fan of wheels in the Super Bowl. 
I'm not completely sold on Cameron Bray. I feel like he's a nice tight end, though. But I want you. Is Leonard, is Leonard Fournette locked in? You got to get him. No, he's not locked in either. Bring him back. He's a stud in the playoffs. Who saw that? I don't think AB's locked in. I mean, he should just retire. And I'm really tired of hearing this rumor about them trading to get Odell. I hope the Packers trade for Odell. That would be fun. I'm, I'm sick of the Packers just doing that, like, conservative thing where it's like we're going to draft and develop, which is great. I like doing that. But why can't we have some damn fun? Give me Odell. Let's have some fun. Who the hell is going to be able to stop Devontae Adams and Odell Beckham Jr.? Who are you going to guard? Because Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league in single coverage last year. So who are you going to guard? See, who you should have got was this guy that we're going to talk about and two more franchise tags. And we have a little bit of a disagreement on this guy, so we'll get into that. Which, you know, uh, Justin Simmons gets a franchise tag. Very good safety for the Broncos. He uh, He's like the only guy defensively other than Chubb, and I guess if Von Miller is there, that is any good. So they needed to bring him back. Um, Allen Robinson, though, we'll talk about, gets the franchise tag from the Bears, and I really think the Bears had no other option. Can't just let him walk when he's your only offensive weapon, but I, I heard that you feel bad for him. Yeah, dude is one of the top 30 receivers in the league. I would say he's more like top 12, but... Okay, even better. I don't feel bad for him at all, actually. He goes from being a stud college player to being one of the main threats in Jacksonville to now just a guy on the field in Chicago. Did he play at Penn State? Yes. That's why you know he's a stud college player. Okay. Um, that is correct. So here's my thoughts on this situation with him. When he was in Jacksonville, okay, mm -hmm. he was stuck with Blake Bortles, right? Which wasn't good. And okay. him and Al, it was him and Alan Hearns. Yes. And then he goes to free agency, right? Mm -hmm. And he has the decision Am I going to go to Chicago and play with Trubisky after they just won the division? He was there before Trubisky got drafted, I think. No, he he um, he came in there the year after they won the division. He came in there after he was in for his first year. There was 2019, I'm pretty sure, because I know that he had the decision between a couple of teams, and he decided to go there. Yeah, uh, or 2018. Okay, so he was the, there the year after they got Trubisky. Okay, so he's so let's put it this way: Do I want to go to Chicago? And play for a Bears team that I think had just finished like they might have been like eight and eight or nine and seven or something that year, which was 2017. Okay. So he has that decision. Do I want to go to Chicago? And do I want to play with a Bears team that just went five and eleven? I just got the number, by the way, and was fourth in the division. Or do I want to go to Green Bay and play with Aaron? Rodgers, who, by the way, is a three-time MVP, three-time Pro Bowl, or three-time All-Pro, I should say, um, in a Packer team that just finished, I think, second in the division because Rodgers got hurt that year. So am I going to go to Chicago where it's still cold and they don't win anything, or am I going to go to Green Bay where they've won a Super Bowl in the last – they've won two Super Bowls since the Bears won their last, and a team with a Hall of Fame quarterback that still has something left in the tank because he just won the MVP this year, thank you. Uh, so where do I want to go? Do I want to go to Chicago? Do I want to go to Green Bay? Do I want to go to a, a little brother or big brother? Where do I want to go? He goes to Chicago. I don't feel bad for him at all. He chose to go there. He could have gone to Green Bay and actually made an impact in the playoffs. 
rather so this, than going to Chicago. This is what you withheld from me for like 12 hours today. I don't feel bad for him because he had the choice to go to Green Bay or Chicago, and he chose Chicago, and now he's being a baby because they suck. What did you expect? He Who's being a baby? He's liking all these tweets left and right about how he wants out and all this stuff. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. He's liking all these tweets about franchise tags and shit. He's been doing that for the last two years. Let the man out. Don't go to Chicago in the first place. I mean, that's all I got to say about that. Just feel bad for him. He had the choice. Do I want to go play the Hall of Famer? Or the number two overall pick who's so good? He's athletic. He played one year at North Carolina. Oh, my God, he's so good. We took him over Watson and Mahomes. He's so good. What a player. Yeah, I don't feel bad for him. Another Robinson from Jacksonville. Cam Robinson, offensive tackle. Why the hell would they franchise tag him? I don't know how much money this franchise tag is for the offensive tackle. Very weird move. Uh, Makes no sense to me, but Urban Meyer is probably trying to build in the trenches. You know, he's built something. What do they do? Are they they going to draft? What pick do they have in the draft? The number one pick. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence, yeah. So mustache mania no longer out. Could the Bears get Gardner Minshew? I mean, there you go. That works. He'd be a great player to go there. I actually (laughs) think he's good. I do think he's good. And he's a he's a he's a brand guy. You can brand him. Like you could be like making shirts, make some money. He's like Uncle Rico. So I don't know. Uh, Leonard Williams is franchise tagged by the Giants. I know they're trying to work on a contract with him. He was terrible when he was with the Jets, and the Jets traded him with the Giants, and now he's been excellent. So they'll probably work out a contract with him and uh, go from there. Then the other New York team, which by the way, plays for the same stadium. Yeah, and it's in New Jersey, not New York. So, East Rutherford, New Jersey, very exciting place. Never been there. Don't plan on it. I would never go to New Jersey. I'd rather go to Connecticut. But anyway, Marcus May gets the franchise tag. Excellent safety there. He was not as good as Jamal Adams when they were there, but he was very, very good. He's a really good safety, and he's probably not happy about this, which maybe I feel bad for him because he didn't choose. It's not like he chose to go to the Jets over the Patriots, which is basically what this comparison is. Jets-Patriots is like Bears-Packers. Except the less Super <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit different because the Patriots won more Super Bowls and the Jets are so much worse than the Bears. But to be fair, the Jets made it to two conference championships in the last 12 years. The Bears made it to one, just saying. So, if I want to be fair. Uh, Brandon Scherf, offensive guard for the football team. He gets a franchise tag, and uh, he's a very good player. Good for him. Another offensive lineman, Taylor Moten, for the Panthers gets one. Will he be protecting Deshaun Watson next year? Well, the Panthers trade for Watson remains after, after just making that big contract with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, but that's like one more, one or two more years. It's like eighteen million and like fourteen million. But like the thing with that is, it's like I've seen so many stupid ass trade proposals for Watson from the Panthers. Like I saw one that had like Christian McCaffrey in it. Like what? What is the point in getting Deshaun Watson if you're going to trade your best player? That's the problem with this. That's why there's rarely player-for-player player trades that involve big players in the NFL. Speaking of the Washington football team, when are they – when do they get – or have they already decided their name? Or are they still in the process of picking that? So they're going to be the football team again this season. And then 2022 they'll have a new name. I'm pretty sure that's how they're doing it. Honestly, I love football team. Keep it like that forever. Screw it. What the hell? No. no. Better than, it's better than ruining your franchise with a terrible logo and name like the 
tires, the Washington tires or something stupid, which was just off the top of my head, which means that I wouldn't be very good at picking a name for them. So they don't have to call me. They might want to. But like, if you're Carolina, what is the point in ruining your franchise for one guy, basically putting him into a franchise that's the same as Houston if you trade McCaffrey and a bunch of other guys to get him? I don't get that. If I'm trading for Deshaun Watson, I'm not giving you any players. There's no, no. point. Uh, Marcus Williams, another excellent safety for the uh, not the Rams, the Saints, and the Saints have like the Saints are like sixty million dollars over the cap, like it's bad. Like they have like two hundred thirty million on the books, and the cap's going to be like one eighty, so it's bad. And they had to do it because you can't let a guy that's this good and twenty five years old go to the market. But it, that's they need Breeze to go, get Breeze out. I think he'll retire. Which is why wouldn't he? I mean, do you see how dead his arm was? You know what? L- let me just wait. If Drew Brees is listening, let me just say this: If you're listening, Drew, go to the Bears. You may think your arm would be worse in Chicago with the cold weather. I promise it'll be better. You just want to throw picks all the time. Have you seen how dead his arm is? He would be horrendous in Chicago. I'm assuming he cut the podcast off after I said that, so he didn't hear that part. But anyway, uh, I was saying you want to throw ducks to, sh- to Green Bay the whole game. I do, yeah. But I, how I much know. how much money in cap room do you think is invested in that quarterback room? Well, if you count Taysom Hill as a quarterback, yeah, um, fifty million. I don't know. I mean, I'd have to look that one up. Uh, Saints. We're just, you know, we can't write everything down. You know, these are off the cuff questions. Sometimes you got to look them up. You know, this isn't a professional TV show where you got to be looking at the camera with makeup on constantly. You got someone bitching. Go to a break. Go to a break. You know, when they got commercial breaks, you got to go to. But anyway, um, we do have an ad at the beginning of this. So the cap hit for Breeze is twelve point two million, and if they cut him, they they would get negative twenty two against the cap, so they would lose twenty two million with dead cap. Um, Taysom Hill, oh my god, sixteen point one five nine million for Taysom Hill. So he's getting paid more than Drew Breeze by a lot in the cap hit. And then you have Trevor Simeon, 990K. I don't think Jameis has a contract there because I think that was a one year. So what is that like? 29 million or 30 million? So Simeon's just on the he's on the the practice squad. I yeah, I mean he's making 990k against the cap. So uh, I mean, $30 million for three quarterbacks when one of them literally has no arm anymore and the other one's not even really a quarterback and the other one has the same name as has the same first name as Trevor Lawrence. So not good at all if you're the Saints. And that's not even counting Jameis, who I'm pretty sure they're trying to re-sign. I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, he should be the guy. Uh, let's go real quick to this free agent wide receivers thing, which was how do you rank these free agent wide receivers? It's 10 receivers. I think Peter Schrager tweeted it. Um, so give me – let's go 10 through 5, 10 through 6. Your receivers 10 through 6 for this. Uh, I got Sammy Watkins at 10, Golden Tate at 9, Nelson Aguilar at 8, Will Fuller at Seven, Marvin Jones at six, okay. Corey Davis at five. Okay, so my ten through five is Nelson Aguilar at ten, no hands, uh, better than me, but not 
really in the NFL. Golden Tate's old, so he's at nine. Sammy Watkins, I still think is kind of good, but I think it really depends on the situation. I think he needs if he's not going to resign with the Chiefs, which he probably won't. He needs to go to a team that has a good quarterback, like the Lions. Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't know. I wouldn't go to the Lions if the Lions offer me. They're losing Galladay and Marvin Jones, so they're going to need somebody. The Lions are such a disaster that if they offered me $20 million to be a receiver there, I haven't played football since fifth grade, I would decline. That's how bad it is there. It's bad. Uh, Number seven, I went with Corey Davis, who was a fourth overall pick a few years ago. He's been completely overshadowed by that offense, which is led, of course, by Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. Six, I have Marvin Jones. I think it's very good still. I really do. Um, maybe I think what the Rams should do is sign him. Him and Stafford were great together. So he'd be a nice third receiver there with Cup and Woods. That would work well, I think. Um, and the number five, I had Will Fuller, who I think can be really good if he's healthy. A lot of speed. Um, he's get, probably going to go to a situation that you know has a quarterback, I would assume. Maybe get him in Jacksonville even though they already have a pretty good receiving core with LaVisca and uh, Chark and those guys. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you, what do you got for four through one? Uh, Curtis Samuel at four, T.Y. Hilton at three, Juju at two, and Kenny Galladay at one. I went with T.Y. at four, um, Curtis Samuel at three, Kenny Galladay at two, Juju at one. And the only reason I don't have Galladay at number one is just he doesn't play. He's been hurt for a lot of his career. He's going to get paid, though. I mean, the Jets or someone like that that has the cap space could make a move. And the Jets, I would guarantee right now the Jets will get one of these ten guys. Yeah. They have no receivers. They need one. And I would actually probably go as far to say they'll get one of the top four guys a week. We had the same top four except flipped the three and the four, the one and the two. They could get one of those four guys. They have the cap. Cap space is all you need in the NFL. In baseball, you can spend $300 million. Oh, you just got to pay $80 million luxury tax fine. You're good. Who cares? You can have billions of dollars invested in a baseball team. doesn't even matter. But the cap is a thing in the NFL. Free agency. Just a few predictions, just for fun. I know we didn't really write anything down for this, but like, if I give you a free agent, you tell me just off the top of your head where you could see him going. And I'll start with Aaron Jones, running back, Green Bay Packers. I would say Miami Dolphins. That's just me. Put him back there with two. Houston. Would he want to go waste his time there? I d- now, now, he did go to the University of Texas, El Paso, so he's from there. Or I don't know if he's from there, but he went to college there. He loves it there, I'm sure. Um, but I think that depends on who their quarterback is. Like, if they don't have Watson. That could be something that could somewhat entice Watson to want to stay. At least he's got yeah something to work with behind him. That's true. Um, and they have invested in offensive linemen, whether that's hurt them or not. They got Titus Howard in the draft a few years ago. They made one of the dumbest moves ever, which was giving up multiple first-round picks for Laramie Tunsil who's good, but, like, come on. And Bill, got, but got rid of their center. Yeah, Nick Martin. Uh, Bill O'Brien was like, let me think of something that will really get us going on offense. Oh, let me trade a first-round pick. I've got to give up another, too, for an offensive tackle. But it, it doesn't in there. Let me give him $100 million, too. That would be really fun. I think that would be enjoyable. Um, he was probably knocking back some 
beverages of some sort to uh, or smoking weed. I mean, either one. He was doing one of those things, inebriated um, in a way to make him make a stupid move. Or he's just that dumb. I mean, maybe that's just what it is. I know he might. Is he your guy? I know he's a Penn State. Maybe he's your guy. Maybe I'll go too hard on him. Any thoughts on that? Not my guy. He was there for like right. two years. Just making sure. I don't. I didn't want to. You know, I did say maybe he was hammered when he traded for Laramie Dunsell, but I don't know. Um, let's move on to Sha- Shaq Barrett, who is gone, right? I mean, the Bucks are gonna, not going to be able to pay him what he's going to get in the open market. He's going to get a ton of money. A ton. I don't know. Don't they still have a franchise tag for the defense left? I think you only get one for a team. If it was for both sides of the ball, I think teams would abuse the hell out of that. I think it's just one. But um, I think it's different amounts of money per position. Like I think a kicker franchise tag is like way less than an edge rusher. Like this franchise tag for, for Barrett would be like $18 million, I think. I don't know. I guess it depends on if he wants to chase another ring or not. If I'm him, I'm getting paid. He's 28 years old. He's already got a ring. Get paid. He'll get a ton of money. Uh, I mean, he, he got the tag last year. He should get paid. If I were his agent, I'd be like, I know you probably like it in Tampa Bay. You want a Super Bowl there. Defense is great. Go make someone give you a ton of money and probably end up regretting it because you might not be as good five years from now as you are now. That's what I'm doing if I'm him. Where, where does it go? I have no idea. It's all about who has the cap. Does he just chase like J.J. Watt and just go to Arizona? How about Detroit? They gave Trey Flowers all that money a few years ago from New England. He's like, Trey Flowers got had a ring. You just said that you wouldn't go there for 20, 20 mil, and you think he wants to go there after winning a Super Bowl? Hey, let me just ruin my career just for some money and go to Detroit. What I didn't think about was Dan Campbell. That's a big factor here. We're going to be down. We're going to buy some kneecaps. We're going to be down again, get another kneecap. That's how we're going to play. I like that. I'd play for that guy. I'd run through a wall for that guy. Not, not you wouldn't take twenty mil from him though. I would take twenty five. That would be my number. I think Barrett could get something close to that. That's how ridiculous the contract's going to be for him. Maybe the Browns get him. I don't think they got the room for that. They wanted Watt. They probably approached like the Packers did though. They didn't want to give him much money. Uh, back to Dan Campbell real quick. One of the funniest videos I saw of him was when he was like a tight end coach with the Dolphins. And he's like the ultimate going zero to 100 real quick. Um, he was like telling a guy, he's like, at your teammate, block him. Block him. and block him. I mean, he went after that guy. That was like an NFL third string tight end yelling at him to block him. He said, block him. Up another notch, block him. Up another notch, effing block him. I like that. That's what I wanted to coach. And I just wasted three minutes on Dan Campbell. All right. Um, Let's go one more player because there's so many free agents and I don't just want to sit here and make a bunch of predictions. Uh, let's go with a receiver, Kenny Galladay. Where do you think he's going to go? Detroit, back to it. <laughs> I don't know no, why. Okay. Detroit's stuck in my head. I don't know what my problem is. I, I could see it. he's either going to the Jets or the Dolphins. They are teams that have the money. The Dolphins are already making space. They cut Kyle Van Noy, who they – Weirdly gave four years and like $40 million to last year or whatever. Or it was like four years and 60 or something. It was a big contract. Got rid of him for one year. So abusing the system. Still getting paid. What about 
Green Bay. You just said they're not going to do anything. I do want to have some fun and get OBJ, but they're not going to do that. Okay, draft Rondell Moore in the first round, then we can have some fun. Big Ten guy, Purdue. Just want to have some fun. I mean, the Cardinals let us have some fun this year. So, I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, Let's shift gears because it is March. We're already almost an hour in, and we've only gotten through two sports, so it's, you know. Yeah, I want to get this done in 56 minutes. Yeah, it's uh, not going to be the case, so that's good. Um, College hoops, that's a big topic in March. I have a college basketball show. I also have an Illini show. So I'm knee-deep into this. I'm not one of the guys that comes in and doesn't watch all season and comes in in March and act like I know everything, like some people on Facebook that I've seen. Why do I still read Facebook? It's a fair question. Um, So Iowa is retiring the number of Luca Garza, which I think they did after the game, the last home game. And my takeaway from this is, thank God he's not coming back. You're just all them in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean Illinois is two and one against Iowa in the last two years, but also you cannot change your prediction for who's winning the Big Ten title either. I didn't change it. I got it locked in. Good, because they lost. That's not what happened. <laughs> um, are we talking about the same team? Yeah, you, the team that I picked hasn't played yet. You might have gotten them mixed up with somebody, but you said you were picking Purdue. They haven't played yet. They played Iowa in the women's tournament. What? Does they that haven't played yet. That was showed up on the top of my screen earlier. They played like a month ago, probably. The women's might have played. I was. <laughs> yeah. <You had laughs> The it, system. It didn't show that. It just showed Iowa or Iowa beating Purdue. Purdue's too good to play in day one of the Big Ten tournament. Come on. Anyway, uh, Gonzaga is number one in the country still. Don't care what anybody says they're the best team in the country. Don't care what people say about their conference. They're idiots. They don't watch Gonzaga. They don't pay attention. Baylor is the second best team in the country. I'm but good with that. playing the West Coast Conference. Yeah, like BYU is not a good team. I mean, BYU was up 13 on them yesterday at the half, and Gonzaga still won the game by 10. And BYU is going to be a top 10 seed. I was just playing that devil's advocate for the people that say that. And the people that say that have never seen Gonzaga play. They don't know that there's two guaranteed NBA guys on that team and another one that could eventually get there. I just, I just, like I was telling you two weeks ago, I miss when St. Mary's was like, a bona fide contender in that league. Now it's BYU. St. Mary's is still good enough to be like top four in the West Coast, but BYU is definitely that rival for them because the last team that beat Gonzaga since we didn't have a tournament last year was BYU. And Gonzaga is 26-0 going into the NCAA tournament. I don't think they're going to win the whole thing, but I think they're the best team. So, And I love Baylor. I've loved Baylor the entire season. Was it they're the first team – since 2015, to win the like, tournament undefeated. I it was, like it, was it was went John was Wall, it? Demarcus Cousins. No, the last Kentucky team that was undefeated was the Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Harrison Twins, Willie Cauley Stein to go into the tournament. Yeah, to the 
not the conference tournament to go into the yeah. Big was, that Kentucky team went thirty-eight one. I thought they lost in the conference tournament. No, they lost in the NCAA tournament to Wisconsin. That was the year where Duke beat Wisconsin. So was that twenty fifteen though? I think so. Yeah. So Gonzaga played less games, but what do you got? Six more to go to win the title, or is it five? It's six, right? First round, second round, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four. Yeah, six. They can finish 32-0. We'll see. I don't yeah. see it happening, but also I think they're the best. COVID season. Yeah, but they played most of their games. And look at how hard no, they're I'm saying that's what you, you lost some of your games because of your you yeah. play. Yeah. It varies around the country, so uh, there's that. Uh, Villanova is screwed. I mean, yeah. that's all I've said. I mean, Justin Moore suffers, and what Coach Jay Wright says is pretty severe sprained ankle Saturday against Providence. Just add the injury woes for Nova. And already a team without a point guard. Colin Gillespie goes down with that uh, torn MCL. And I think point guard is the most important position in March. That's how you win. You look at the teams that have won titles in the last decade that had a point guard that led them there. Kimball Walker, UConn, Shabazz Napier, UConn. You had um, – what the hell's his name? Tyus Jones. He's a point guard that led them there, yeah. Um, who who? Why am I blanking on all the other teams that have – Ty Jerome, Virginia, 2019. Mm-hmm. So, you got to have a point guard. I can't think of the, the point guard from Villanova. Jalen Brunson. Oh, no. But he was one. Jalen Brunson was one of the best. I was thinking of maybe the shooting guard that was on that team. Archer Diacono? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. They were both basically point guards. They led them there to two titles. And Jalen Brunson is one of the best players this decade. If I was making a decade, all-decade list for college basketball, Anthony Davis, Jalen Brunson would be two. Probably Zion just because of how good he was. Um, and obviously, you know, wouldn't have Luka Garza on there, I'll tell you that. Anyway, <laughs> um, so UMBC – how about this? I've seen this kid play. He's pretty good. Yeah, Darnell Rogers, five foot two. I mean, he averages like nine points a game, which is insane. Like in nine, D1. nine point six in D one basketball in the America East Conference, which I know they lost in the semifinal, which is weird because the America East completely screwed their top two teams. UMBC and Vermont in that conference didn't play a game for like 11 days going into the conference tournament, and they both lost in the semifinals. So now you have UMass Lowell against Hartford for that championship, which is like the four seed and the six seed or something. Woo! They screwed their own conference. Um, Real quick, I want to say Cinderella Watch. I know people love picking Cinderella teams. And who they think is going to win or make a run? I'm just going to give you two teams right now to think about when you see a bracket: um, Liberty and Winthrop. Watch oh, those teams. What was the other headline I saw for men's basketball? It was tourney teams will need to have a minimum of five on the roster to play. And I was like, "Thanks for putting that out there," because I thought you could play a game with four. I wonder if Gonzaga could beat the 16th seed with four players. I mean, I'm sure they could. They'd have to. They're not foul. You'd have to play a matchup zone or. Like if you have Jalen Suggs, Corey Kisper, Joel Ayayi, and Drew Timmy, do they win the game against the 16? It's a really interesting one. Maybe we should see if they could do that for us just to see what happens. 
call Mark Few, like, hey, you willing to play five on four? Just call John, John Stockton up. Hey, can you talk to Mark? And uh, it's the first game, you just have him play four on five the whole game. Just say all your other players have COVID. No, maybe you can have one sub. We'll give you one sub. We'll give you Andrew Nimhart, who's a guard, sixth man of the year in the West Coast Conference. Let him – he'll be there just if you need him. Um, let's go to – only play four. Yeah, let's go to a conference that is uh, – or not a conference. What the hell am I saying? College basketball in the brain. Uh, let's go to a different sport that you're supporting with that hat, a Titleist hat, Pro V1. Hell of a golf ball. Wouldn't use it overpriced. I digress. Um, golf. Bryson DeChambeau. How about that? Winning the Arnold Palmer uh, Invitational. Yeah, shoots 11 under. 11 under, yeah. Prize pool of $1.7 million. Is that his first win since the Rocket Mortgage last year? I think it is. Um, you got to think he's going to win. Oh, I guess he won the U.S. Open, but I was thinking about non-majors. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's changing the game. There's no doubt about it. To be able to drive the ball like that and to be as good of a putter as he is. Yeah, what was that, the sixth? Where Where that they showed drive. the spray chart of everyone hitting over here. Yeah, and then he, hit, and then the he hit two drives over the water right in front of the green. Yeah. Everyone, everyone else hits here. Bryson hits over here. And for the U.S. Open, I remember watching that. I know it was the Sunday the U.S. Open was like during NFL Week Two or whatever. But he was like a he's perfect for that course because when you have the, like winged foot with the super thick rough, he's strong enough to get it out of there with any iron, and that's what he did in that course. So he's perfect for those types of courses, the tougher courses. Uh, what is this about Phil Mickelson? Falls out of the top 100 for the first time since 1993. He's been struggling. Uh, I remember watching him on the senior tour for a few weeks last year where he was just destroying. But um, I think he he won his he played one champions tour, which I guess is what it's called. Uh, he played like one of those events and won by like eight or nine strokes. But um, he's getting older, you know. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's made to just play in those TNT. Fun events now with like Steph Curry and he always seems to get the bad matchups on those. He's great to watch though, the way that he approaches and talks and stuff. And yeah, let's get my dream matchup for that would be like yeah Phil. Then I'd say you make the other pro. Um, who do you, who do you, who would you want in there? Obviously, I would have said Tiger before the whole. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. DeChambeau? <laughs> no, you got to get, like, someone near Phil's age. What is someone who's, like, got a person like Bubba Watson? That's two lefties, though. That's a slippery slope. I don't really want to watch two lefties. Yeah. No, but I just meant, like, they both have, you know, a little charismatic. I mean, I'm going in a crazy direction with these next two, but – I'm trying to think of who the like Jim Furyk is old. He could be that. What about Matt Kuchar? Yeah. And then you put. Yeah, I would say Kevin Kisner, but he'd be he'd be probably hammered by the tenth hole. Yeah, I love Kevin Kisner. That would be good. Um, and then you make the two other guys, Adam Sandler, and the dude that played Shooter. Oh, Shooter McGavin. What the hell's his name? I saw him on Dan Patrick last week. What the hell's his name? You get those two guys. Get them out there. It's uh, Christopher McDonald and Adam Sandler. Do it. I would watch. But Mickelson with Sandler and McDonald with 
whoever do it. If we were actual athletes, I want to see Tony Romo do one of those. Tony Romo and Steph Curry with like Phil and whoever else. That would be good. So maybe someone else who hasn't done one. Uh, we could go on for hours about this, so let's just uh, shift to the Players' Championship, which is this week, right? I mean, it starts tomorrow. Yep. We'll be making picks for this at the end uh, when we do our betting picks for golfers coming up momentarily. So that's enough golf. That's about five minutes on golf. Five too many minutes, people will probably say. But, you know, it's fun to talk about a sport that people can play when they're 80. That's fun. You know, it's good. So, uh, baseball, which we're not going to talk too much baseball until the season starts, really, because spring training is the most boring thing ever. Uh, but opening day is April 1st. This is March 10th, so we're about tw- three weeks-ish from opening day, so that's exciting. Uh, but what is this that I see about the Indians? What are they doing? Yeah, you got Jose Ramirez and Fran Mill Reyes. They break COVID protocols. Reyes drove himself to the game, and then after game – drove himself to get a haircut, and then him and Ramirez went out to eat indoors, totally breaking all the protocols. Can't be doing that. We've seen a lot of haircut gate incidents, you know. Francona um, had nothing to do with it. Wanted the, no uh, part of it. The, um, the Chiefs had that barber that tested positive that did haircuts on a couple guys before the Super Bowl. I remember that. There's another one from the last week that I forgot happened. I think it was the uh, Embiid and Simmons. They couldn't play in the All-Star game because of their barber or something. Yeah, something. I remember reading it. So who needs a haircut? Do it yourself. Here's what you should do. Grow your hair out. You need a haircut. Give yourself a mullet or a fade of some sort and just go for it. I mean, people couldn't get haircuts last year. All right, next Wednesday, right at the end of the podcast, you give yourself a fade. Um, I'm growing it out so I can get a mullet. Well, you don't need the top to have the mullet. I don't. It, it's a process. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can waste some time on Trevor Bauer if you want. I mean, he's a total douche. but I just don't understand why he pitched for an inning with one eye shut. Let me just preface this before I rip him to shreds. Let me just preface this. I think he can be good for the game, for exposure, and getting people to actually watch this sport in terms of doing his YouTube videos and all that stuff. I think that's all great. But, I mean, shut up. I mean, nobody. This is like, look at me. Oh, my God, look at me. I'm Trevor Bauer. I won a 60-game season Cy Young. I have a career 4 ERA. The Dodgers are stupid enough to give me $80 million in the first two seasons on this contract. He's all, look at me. I want attention. I can pitch with one eye shut in spring training. Oh, my God. I hate Trevor Bauer right now. And what are you doing? Nobody cares. You think anybody cares that you pitched with one eye shut during a spring training game against someone who's probably never going to play in the league. I don't even know who he's throwing is. I'm just saying this for the sake of the argument. But seriously, who cares? I mean, my God, Trevor. Be good for baseball. Get exposure to the game. Oh, you pitched with one eye shut. Wow, I'm so – oh, my God. And he made sure that everybody knew about it too. I like when he makes sure that he's the one who brought uh, focus on the Astros cheating scandal and – the other scandals he says he brought to focus. He wants attention, you know? So, mm-hmm. 
I mean, I think he can be good for the game, like I said, but please, I mean, congrats on pitching with one eye shut in a spring training game. That's that's cool, man. I wish I could do that. But um, let's go to the NHL where there's been some stuff going on this week. You got uh, one of your guys injured. Yeah. Very controversial play. Yeah. Carlo took a straight elbow to the dome. Don't end of the board. Out for week, or he's week to week. Wilson, who hit him from the Capitals, seven game suspension, probably gets appealed down. Two days before that, Ovechkin spears Frederick right in front of the same refing crew that did the second game. Both of them get penalties. Ovechkin just gets a penalty for roughing. Hit him right in the nuts. Yeah. Speared. And I'll defend Trent Frederick. He's a St. Louis guy. So shout out to Trent Frederick. And then he's the one who stepped up and fought Wilson two nights later. Yeah, Tom Wilson's a repeat offender too, so I'm kind of surprised it's only seven games. I mean, I know it's a shortened season, so seven games is more or uh, it's less than it would usually be. It'd probably be like, I don't know what the equivalent is. But but if you're knocking a guy out for two to three weeks. I mean, if we're going to talk about that kind of stuff, uh, Mark Stone – who's the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights and is a stud, literally elbowed Tyler Bozak in the head away from the puck in the middle of the ice. And Bozak hasn't played since, and that happened in like the beginning of February. And he didn't get any suspension or hearing for that. So the NHL is not very good at this. They wonder why nobody watches the sport. We'll talk about that, though, soon. They are going to be having some people watch the sport in this country, which is huge. But obviously, Matthew Barzell with one of the best goals I've ever seen, I think. I mean, this goal was absurd. Better than most of the goals McDavid's had, which is saying a lot. Especially coming from you. Exactly. And we're gonna I'm going to play this on our screen. You won't be able to see it on the actual version of the deal. Of the like when you're listening to the podcast, you won't be able to see this, but I'm gonna play it on the screen here so we can watch it just to you know think about how good it was and all that stuff. So here you go. Here's the goal. Ready? Here we go. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna play the audio because just dead noise is stupid. So let me let me technical difficulties. Hang on. Here you go. Brendan Burke on the call. MSG. Barzell trying to catch up to this one. Gets there. Working on wrist alignment. Got through. Barzell between his legs. Oh, Matt Barzell take a bow. I would expect a little more enthusiasm from the call there. I would be shocked if I was calling that with how sick that was. A big, strong individual and like they don't sound that enthused at all. Brennan Burke's good. I like him though. The Saber defenseman. Watch this move. He's got his held, and then to have the wherewithal. Maybe they're not impressed. They're like, uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the they color, acted like that's an everyday thing. The color commentator's probably like, why don't you score a normal goal instead of doing all this fancy stuff? Back in my day, you know, we weren't doing that. We were Jack- we were punching the goaltender in the face, then hitting him in the nuts and scoring. On him, and drinking seven been, beers after the game with him. Jack Edwards is high as hell when he does games. He, he would have been jumping out of the booth, though. Yeah, I mean, Barzell's got silky mitts, though, so you kind of expect him to do something sick when he's got the puck, especially on a breakaway. But I agree, probably would have been like, "Oh my god!" That's probably what I would have done. But then people would be like, "Oh my god!" He said, "God," and it's a whole, it's a whole big thing. Uh, we, we, we won't go there. Um, 
How about this? The NHL striking a seven-year deal worth $2.5 billion with a B with ESPN and ABC. This is a big deal. So here's the overview of the deal. Four of seven Stanley Cup final series will be on ABC over the next seven years. One conference final and half of first and second round games in the Stanley Cup playoffs each year on ESPN slash ABC. 25 regular season games a year on ABC and ESPN. 75 regular season games you're streaming on ESPN Plus and Hulu. You have NHL TV merged with ESPN Plus. More than 1,000 out-of-market games streamed on ESPN Plus and extensive highlight rights. That's a big deal because NHL TV, which I've had in the past, is very expensive. And if you have ESPN Plus there, merged with it, without cheap ESPN Pluses, it's a big day. Very big day. How and much is ESPN Plus? How much is it a month? Mm-hmm. I think it's like five bucks, but you can merge ESPN Plus with Hulu and Disney Plus, and it's like 20 bucks a month for that with no ads, or like 15 bucks a month with that and ads. So this is a big deal. I don't have to shell out cash for ESPN NHL TV stuff. So it's a big deal. And it'll get more eyes on it in the U.S. Because when ESPN had the rights, they had the, the rights from like the 70s to the before the lockout 15 years ago, and they stopped doing it since then. But this will get more eyes on hockey, and they'll actually talk about hockey on ESPN. And I wanted to show – I wanted to watch this hype video that they made for this. Um, this is a big-time deal. If they were able to do this and they made a hype video, it got me some chills. I'm ready to have it back on ESPN. Now, remember – they got the A package and the B package, which is the other half of the rights nationally in the U.S., will be sold to either NBC, Fox, or another potential network. So I'd be interested to see if Fox, if they got the rights. That would be interesting. I would, I'm would. i assuming it's going to be NBC. Yeah, that's what my guess would be. But uh, I want to see Joe Buck get to call some hockey games, baby. Oh. He's, a big, he's a big Blues fan. Let's get him in there anyway. Oh. Love Joe Buck. Um, all right. <laughs> Let's play this video. This is from ESPN on Twitter. Okay, this is just the wrong video. What the hell? <laughs> Where's the full video? Here it is. Okay, my bad. Here we go. <laughs> Whoops. We need Gary Thorne calling games. He's tremendous. Don't need to see that. Got him. Miss that old Avs team. Chris Pronger, Joe Sackick. I mean, how can you, how can you not be ready for that? I mean, that's that, true. That first goal was nice. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is very good for hockey. So 
Say what you will about ESPN. I think this is very good. Uh, it's going to be, be what, much better than trying to find games and where they're on and everything. Yeah, and the ESPN Plus merging with NHL TV is huge because that's a thousand out-of-market games. Because like every time I try to find a Bruins game, NESN, NESN, can't, can't watch it, can't watch it. And if you get ESPN Plus, you'll probably be able to watch most of them. Then occasionally they're on Fox Sports. Ooh, can watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be good. Uh, it's $400 million per year. Um, I think NBC's paying $240 million right now, but there's like a $60 million added thing, so it's basically $100 million extra now that ESPN is going to pay for just half of it. So this is going to be huge for the NHL getting money, and a lot of that money is going to go to the players, which means deals are probably going to be bigger. I think McDavid, who's the highest-paid player, is making like 12.5. When this contract's up, he'll probably be making like 20. So you never know. Uh, sports cards are back. How about that? Tom Brady. Yeah, sells for a record, which I don't, I don't know if this is just for football or what, because – if you have his for selling for record one point three two million, and then Kobe's pristine condition rookie card sells for nearly one point eight million. Both rookie cards. Um. So I don't know. If Brady's record is as a football rookie card. Yeah, there was a Luka Doncic one of one rookie autograph card that sold for four point six million dollars. Yeah, so how do you used to get a one of one? There's certain like, like there's certain one of ones in different series and card boxes and such. I've gotten two one of ones before one box. George Springer and. Carlos Correa, I think. Or no, it was George Springer and Alex Bregman. One of one's autographs. Sold them both for like 130 bucks each. Not a big deal. Um, anyway, they weren't rookie cards. That kind of that's a big deal if they're graded rookie cards. But oh, you know, pre or post? Uh, pre. Oh. Yeah. Let's go to the best part of the show, which is betting picks. And <laughs> in the betting pick world, which I just want to preface this with you – Probably shouldn't listen to us. Well, you shouldn't listen to Ethan. If you ever wa- watched or listened to our last one, I destroyed Ethan in this. I got killed, yeah. But I'm planning on being better this time, so watch out. Um, I think I just got too, like, risky. Like, I think I take too many chances. Like, tonight I was just picking college hoops games for fun. I took Bucknell plus 14 against Colgate, and they lost by 30. So... Whoops, but you know I did go ten and three yesterday, seven and three the day before that, so seventeen and seven or ten and four, seventeen and seven the last two days. Is this actual money down, or you were just randomly picking these? It's for fun. I'm not gonna do that. I don't have any money, so come on. Okay. Uh, anyway, Power Six Conference tournament picks. So we're just gonna pick it. We're not gonna go off of odds here. We're just gonna pick the games or pick the uh, the the winner. Our prediction, and I stuck with this for my Monday countdown to March Madness show. Have the same picks. Uh, ACC, who do you have winning? Virginia Tech. I went with Florida State. I think they're very athletic, very good team. Uh, but they do play Duke, so I don't let Duke get hot. You know, don't do it. That's one reason I stayed away from that game. It's a tough one. Uh, Big 12, what do you got? 
Baylor. Yeah, I have Baylor. Baylor. I have Baylor versus Kansas in the final. That would be a good final. Uh, Baylor's the best team in this conference, and they're just starting to get better again. I know they had troubles. They had eight players test positive. They had some some issues there. Uh, well, but West the, Virginia could sneak into this game. Yeah, the thing with West Virginia is that this is not a typical Bob Huggins team that is just locked down defensively. They are much more offensive-oriented. They have a guy by the name of – well, you don't know him now. You may not know him now, but you'll get to know him in March. Miles McBuckets, a.k.a. Miles McBride, stud. And uh, Sean McNeil, hell of a shooter. So West Virginia is good. I can see them giving them a run. Uh, they did these two; those two teams played last week, went to overtime. So uh, Big Ten. Are you are you saying yours as well? Yeah, I took Baylor. Baylor uh, Florida State so far. I have Iowa. It was a toss up over Illinois. I have Purdue, who the women's team may have lost, but the men's team is not. <laughs> so, see, uh, I thought my team knocked yours out, so I was like, yeah. Yeah, they're on opposite sides of the bracket. I think Purdue's the four and Iowa's the two. So if Iowa wins their first matchup and Illinois wins theirs, you'll have Iowa-Illinois in a semifinal. And the other one would be um, – what the hell are they called? Uh, Michigan and Purdue. So but I have – it was going to be either Iowa or Illinois winning, so that's what my toss-up was between. Yeah. Whoever comes out of that bracket, that part of the bracket is – who I would assume winning, but I have it at being Iowa. Which is wrong, but whatever. We'll find out soon. Uh, Big East, what do you got? Creighton. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little worried about this Creighton team. Uh, I don't think Villanova is going to win it, despite being the one seed. They don't have a point guard. Uh, Creighton's been really up and down. I think they're starting to find their game a little bit. Uh, Marcus Zagorowski and Mitch Ballock are two really good shooters for them. Um, I'm going to go with UConn, a team that I've loved all season. You could listen to podcasts from months ago. I've been all over this UConn team. Uh, if James Booknight's playing, they're as good as anybody in their starting five for my money. RJ Cole, Tyrese Martin, James Booknight, Sonogo. I mean, they're, they're as good as anybody, I think, in terms of their starting lineup in the Big East. So I'll take UConn a roll. I think they're actually the favorite right now. Odds on favorite is UConn, who's the three seed in that tournament. So uh, Pac-12. I'm also taking a team that I love very much. Who are you going with? Colorado. See, my thing on Colorado is I think they're incredibly overrated. The metrics love them. I don't. McKinley Wright's a great player. I don't think they're very good. I mean, I'm. I just. I think they're the fourth best team in the conference, maybe third. So it's a judgment pick, and this is a betting thing. I'm taking Dana Altman. And the Oregon Ducks, because Dana Altman, as John Rothstein says, shout out to, to JR. He aligns Rubik's Cubes. He's a stud coach, 16 and 15 in the NCAA tournament. Oregon's good, very talented team, starting to put it together. You got Eugene from Eugene, who's actually not from Eugene, Oregon, but Bill Walden says Eugene from Eugene. Uh, Eugene Omarui, you got Chris Duarte, you got LJ Figueroa, Will Richardson, the list goes on and on. This team is extremely good, and I love them, so they better not lose. And they did win the regular season in this conference, so SEC. Bama. I'm taking Kentucky, but I'm actually not. It's a lie. I'm taking Arkansas. So I was tempted to take Kentucky. I'm not going to lie. Got to think they're going to have a run in them at least, win a couple games. Uh, I don't think so. If Duke is doing it, I think Kentucky's going to do it too. Why? Just because one blue and white team is doing it, the other one will? But the thing with Kentucky is that I think they're more talented than any of the other Blue Bloods. Like, North Carolina's good, a better team. They don't have as much 
uh, talent as Kentucky. Duke's the same way. I think Kansas is the same way. They're all better teams than Kentucky, but they're not more talented. So you got to think the talent is going to make some sort of run. I don't know. The way North Carolina is playing right now. That's against Notre Dame, though. Notre Dame should not even – they even have a basketball team there anymore. I mean, come on. Well, they, they put somebody on the floor tonight, but they didn't show up. No, no, no. Uh, let's go to the Players' Championship. Now we're going to take four golfers and their odds. Give me your four golfers and why you like them. Starting from which way would you like me to go? Let's go best odds to worst odds. All right, so I got Colin Morikawa plus 2,000. He won a couple weeks ago, right? Somewhere. I don't remember where. He is my favorite. Also won a major recently. So up and I also have a Jordan Speed plus 3,000. He's got to win at some point. Lee Westwood plus 10,000. He almost won last week, didn't he? Yeah. And even at uh, Hammett and uh, all these odds we're getting off of are DraftKings as well. Yeah. The, we'll have a sponsor for this someday. You get him in the top 10 even at plus 900. I almost would just hammer him getting in the top 10 at least. Yeah. And my last is Ricky Fowler. This is his course. He needs a good tournament. Plus 15,000. Ricky Fowler. It's a pretty good number. Um, my guy at the top is Justin Thomas at plus two thousand. Uh, as good of a golf, as good as a, of a golfer as anybody right now, I think uh, in terms of overall the future of golf, I think he's going to be one of the best. Um, Tony Finau at plus twenty five hundred, man, he's been knocking on the door to win one of these for years. He's had so many good finishes without winning. You look at that Riviera a couple weeks ago when Max Homa won. Um, Finau was right there, blew it. Uh, I like Spieth also at plus 3,000. He's got to win at some point, right? Last, like, month he's been top leaderboard, just hasn't finished. He's been lead- He was leading going into Sunday last week. Mm-hmm. So. And then my longer shot is a guy that won a few weeks ago at Riviera, which is Max Homa at plus 11,000. Why not? Probably not going to happen, but why not? You just never know. I was tempted to go with Sung JM, who I think was at, like, Plus eight thousand or something, but I didn't. What I tell you that uh, Phil was at? Did you tell me that? I don't think he did. Plus a million? Is that what he was at? Uh, it was like a hundred thousand. He's never gonna win again. But I'm just—you put two dollars on that. And one thing leads to another. You're a billionaire, right? So. Well, I'm not going that far, but <laughs> uh, what about you, Thursday? You got a good start somewhere. You do, yeah. Uh, Thursday NBA lines. I think there's like a ton of games, but they only have odds for a few games. Yeah, they have the odds for three games. What do you like in those two games that we pick? I got the Nets minus three over Boston, and I'm taking Minnesota plus eight and a half versus the Pelicans. I mean, the Timberwolves suck. The Pelicans are much better. I could see that happening. I don't know. Wolves have the talent. You know, Carl Anthony Towns can help them carry them to a win. But this was one where we had three games. Yeah. We both bet on the Nets game. So yeah. I took the Minnesota game, Ethan, so Ethan could have the other game. 
Yeah, I, I'm taking the uh, Knicks plus the 11 at the Bucks. I don't think they'll win this game, but I think they can cover the number, keep within 10. Uh, the Knicks are probably a playoff team playing better. Could I see them collapsing in the second half? Yes, I could, but I think they'll cover the number. And you disagree with that, but I'm going to be right. Watch. Uh, they'll also take the Nets minus three. Um, Celtics are a little bit of a mess in terms of how good they should be. I still question that minus three, but I don't know. Is it too low, too high? No, like I, I could see the Celtics covering that or even beating them because you never know what Nets are showing up right now. Yeah. Uh, Thursday in the NHL, two games. I think you pick money line, I pick puck line. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going for some fun here with the puck lines. What do you got in the NHL? I got the Ducks plus 120 over the Kings. And Vegas minus 108 over the Wild. I like the um, – I like the uh, the Vegas pick. I don't know about the Ducks pick. The Kings are playing pretty well. We'll find out, won't we? What are your – I am taking – I am taking the Maple Leafs minus one and a half against the Jets and the Blackhawks plus one and a half against the Stars. So I'm taking a dog and a favorite. Very exciting. I remember that being one of the games. So we didn't we this is the end of the episode. We didn't have that many topics for this morning. We still went almost an hour and a half. Like next week we're gonna have a March Madness bracket. We'll probably have to talk less about the NBA and the NHL and that stuff next week just because of how much is gonna be around it, like with uh the bracket and then NFL free agency. I think signings are gonna start happening next Monday through Wednesday. Yeah, we want much we won't have much baseball either. No. We'll bring it to you next Wednesday, Sports Master number two. March 17th is coming that way. So we'll see you then. And, uh, you know, have a good day, I guess, if you're listening to this the day or the night. Do whatever you want. I don't know. Uh, smoke some weed. Have some fun. All right. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but see ya. I don't even do it. So I just want to preface that. But all right. I look like I do. But uh, see ya. We'll see you next Deuces. Wednesday.